it's good to rotate your goats anyway. It helps with parasites. So rotate your goat. Rotate your goats. <laughs> Episode fifteen of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Kara. And we are sitting on the couch again. Aberdeen, the puppy, is a problem, as usual. <laughs> yeah. She's very much awake and all over the place. She just lost a baby tooth. Yeah, so add that to her baby book. Yeah. Kara actually recovered it. Sometimes puppies will swallow their baby teeth. Yeah. It's, usually you don't find them, too. I, I have a couple of Caslas. I don't think I have anyone, any of Dublin's. I don't think I have any of Finney's. I'll have to double check. I don't think I do, though. But. So we're sitting here disappointed with the day because it's raining, and it's going to be raining for the next week. Yeah. So that's farm stuff that we got to do has got to be done in the rain. That's always get, fun. Get ready for that when you get animals and stuff. Uh, it, there's certain things where you can say, eh, the weather's not great. I don't want to do X, Y, Z. But there's other things that have to happen no matter what. I suggest rain pants to go over your pants pants because they're great. Yeah, it you go out there in jeans or something and you're going to be soaked if it's raining, d- depending upon how how bad it's raining. But you're basically stomping around the whole place convincing chickens and ducks to go in their houses and you know dealing with the goats. The goats will probably be in their house. They're pretty good about Standing out of the rain. Yeah, they're not big fans. We were told that chickens were like that, but no, no. Our chickens don't care. They don't care. It has to get, like, heavy. If it rains a little bit constantly, like a, a steady rain, the goats will go in their house. It has to be heavier than that for the chickens to finally say, okay, that's it, I've had enough of this, and go in their house. No, they don't go in their house, though. They go in everyone else's house. Well, yeah. I just mean generically. <laughs> and, and the ducks, it has to get real bad for the ducks to... The ducks don't decide. Care. Yeah, for the ducks to decide, this is too much water. It has to get so heavy that the raindrops are physically striking them, and then they're like, they'll decide, I, I don't like this, and they'll go into shelter. But uh, yeah, our particular chickens just don't like their own coop. They I don't know why. I try to make it as nice as possible. It needs some love, that's for sure. But they could have it so much worse. I don't know if that's just a regular chicken thing. I've heard stories of people doing the chicken coop up all nice and then the chickens will go hang out with the goats or something. Yeah. They're so, weird. Who knows? Um, so you're going to be walking all around. And it could be like yesterday where we had a serious thunderstorm and the weather forecast, we thought it was going to rain hard all night. So we put everybody to bed. I like, what, 3 o'clock? Well, someone thought it was going to rain hard all night. Well, that's what the weather app said, <laughs> but it changes, you know. So we got him in there, and it was raining kind of hard, and, and there was thunder. It was it sounded bad. I thought we were in for it. It was like 4. Four? Okay. So we, yeah, it was about 4 o'clock. And we finally got them all in their houses, done for bed, and then by the time we came back into the house... It stopped. It stopped. <laughs> it, it pretty much stopped. Um, I mean, they're already in. What are you going to do? Let them out again? Just put them back in in an hour? No. So So that was the day. Felt guilty, but it is what it is. Everybody doesn't run a hotel the way we do. <laughs> they still got their treats and dinner and stuff. Yeah, they just lost a little bit of daylight time outside. Mm. 
but whether it's snowing or whatever is happening, you're going to have to go out and deal with the animals and feed them and other stuff. So be prepared for that. It happens all year round. Oh, yeah. Winter is no fun, too. So. Yeah, winter's kind of tough. And then how many people do you have in your house? Maybe you're done taking vacations and trips because you gotta somebody's got to look out for these animals every day. Yeah. Make jokes about how you're a Mainer with, if you got animals and you're basically stuck. You can't go places and do things. <laughs> Most people have family, though. We don't have family local, so... Yeah, we don't have anybody local. No, it makes it even more hard to do all the things ourselves. So there's that. So if you buy land out in the boonies in some town you're not familiar with, just be advised that you can't just pick up a phone and quickly call someone to come house sit. Or help with something or anything like that. Yeah, so it's just, it's just the two of us, really. The only people we know that could help are hundreds of miles away. So, now that we've got that off our chest, <laughs> what's today's subject matter? We should mention the, the flip-flopping and the weather. We had, more than once, we've had warm days followed by cold days. And like, yeah, not just warm. It was like 90-degree weather, which is crazy for end of May. Yeah, past couple May. days. And then all of a sudden it just dropped, which does makes terrible me things. Have headaches and makes my hand hurt even more than usual. So it's not been fun, but I still gotta keep on trucking, as they say. Yeah, any change, drastic, sudden change in the pressure and humidity and temperature like that, the environment just goes through a rapid alteration, and, and it, it's tough for her. Uh, I have severe allergies on top of everything else, so if I sound even more nasally, that's why, because my nose is always clogged. And that's one benefit of a good rain, is it washes the pollen off the trees. Makes it more there. Well, it's on the ground now, but it's not like... <laughs> Closer to my face, it's not I'm short. <laughs> it's not floating around as much mm. during the rain. The trees will have to, you know, put out more when they dry. The uh, another another casualty of the uh, we had a casualty of these weather switches not long ago. Uh, Kara had some seedlings that she put out on some warm days, and the temperature just dropped. This was uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, I thought it was safe, even though technically you shouldn't do anything with your garden until like Memorial Day weekend in Maine, but. I thought we would be okay because it was so nice and warm, but I was wrong. Yeah, so you got to be wary if you're in a northern state that in springtime. I forget springtime, what zone they call it, but it's not a good zone. Yeah, it, the weather's <laughs> going to flip-flop back and forth between hot and cold during spring. It's going to be a little unpredictable. So you got to wait until it's reliably above a certain temperature. But even now... It, I have stuff planted, and it's going to be like 40s, so I worry. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe the garden's just a lost cause this yeah. year. <laughs> We're going to have to eventually build high tunnels and stuff to protect plants. So that's probably going to happen in the front yard. Um, someday. Unless we build something in the back, that's, but then it has to be goat-proof. 
Yeah, that's the problem. So these are the concerns that you have. The let's get let's get into some of that. Uh, not just goat proofing, but just landscaping and things in general. Um, if you buy a place with a lot of woods, you're going to have to clear that woods, or at least some of it. That means having a bunch of debris to clear. We have a bunch of wood that we have to haul away or chip or something. Um, if you have a place on the property that you can access where you could just toss um, branches and things, some place you're not going to care about for years. Because it'll take at least 10 years for it to decompose. Right. So basically people have a dedicated, if they have enough acres, they have a dedicated place on their property where they just throw branches and things. And every year they throw more and more and more, and it decomposes over time. But they're not planning on clearing that section next year or even the year after that. They plan on leaving that as a normal – and they don't ever dump trash there. It's only branches and vegetable matter, you know, vegetation. Uh, we have some places like that on the property, but they're outside the fence and they can't be accessed very easily right now. It's not one, that we dump there, just previous owners. Oh, no, no. No, I'm talking about places where we could dump branches if we wanted to that are further down the hill. If wow. we could access them, but we we don't have it's don't difficult have to access. We don't have acres either, but we don't have the money to get rid of this stuff either. So what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> so basically, there's a there's a spot that's just outside our fence, but on our property, where we're going to toss some debris. And that's where we have two large trees that we had to take down because they were compromised and. We yeah. don't have enough money to get rid of them, so might as well just add to the pile. So that's kind of going to become <laughs> our area. I mean, there's places further down the hill that would, would be better, but you know we can't access it right now. So we're going to use that area and just some of it I'm going to chop up and give people firewood. Uh, some of it I'm going to chip, and a lot of it I'm just going to toss over into the pile and, and let it over years, we're just not going to use that section. We're going to go down the hill. It's not a great section anyway. It's kind of a mess there. There's a lot of trees and so bushes. Yeah, it's better to go down because there's a path someone carved out before us that would be better suited to just continue that way. So rather than just try to clear it like a big sweep, you know, we're going. We're going where it's easier. We're going where we can. And you're going to have to make a plan like that for your property too. Another thing we've got an issue with is right behind the house, there's there's a path that goes down the hill from the back doors, from the back porch. And on either side of that is just a pile, like a rock retaining wall on either side with a big tree. And it's it's a, like what, four or five foot drop? Mm, yeah something like that and it's just it's just a it's not a stone mason like brick retaining wall it's literally just stones in the ground yeah we have lots of rocks in maine they're just rocks just Ledge. piled up and the two large trees that are there uh use their root systems to also stabilize it so we're gonna have the landscaper down the street just dump truckloads of dirt He's going to fix the falling rock and then... Because guess what? Our goats have been running all over this stuff. And then kids who visit run on it and it's just not very safe. So we want to make yeah. it 
safe and stable and we don't want any more stuff to run off. Cause it, it's... it used to be a lot better, uh, but when we got the goats, they ran all over everything and knocked some stones loose and it just started to degrade and then erosion from water and it just, it became less... There's a lot of little stones laying around too, places where you could slip or trip and you know, step on a, a rock that'll roll under your foot. And and yeah, if we have an event, kids are like, ooh, that's dangerous and I can crack my skull open. I want to go jump over there. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they, we have to think about these things because we're going to have events. So a lot of cleanup has to be done. I'm currently moving our compost pile down the hill to another area with the tractor. And there's a guy that maybe is going to come to take some of that away tomorrow. I don't know. I haven't heard from him. With the weather, he might not show. But whatever. We're trying to build, get contacts together to, t- to haul that away. A lot of, a lot of problems. People are kind of unreliable. So who knows? Yeah. They, they, some of them, I think, some farmers don't have good cell reception. So they'll like go back to the house and then their cell phone will pick up like all their messages. But when they're out in the field, they just don't get any messages. <laughs> so it's, it's tough to coordinate sometimes. And they have a bunch of stuff that they got to do as well. So we basically got to get some established relationship with somebody to come haul this bedding away. It's just, it, it'll make good compost, but we just somebody... don't have the time to actually do make it the compost. So yeah, it eventually gets there on its own, but to. Properly do it. You got to turn it. You got to turn it and turn it and, and turn, turn it some it. more. <laughs> so and other other goat farmers we talked to, uh, they just have other farmers that grab it, haul it away, and compost it on their property. And it's no money is exchanged. It's like you can have all of this. Yeah. And somebody with uh, and acres someone, and acres of yeah. farm couldn't use it. More land, more time, more staff can do it properly and then sell it. So. It's a yeah. win-win for everyone if we could just find that person to do it. So, so and this is this goes into what we said before about getting to a maintenance level on a farm when you're building things for the first time. That includes the relationships and the systems. You know, getting once we have people doing this, we're going to be fine. Like I found out uh, talking to the neighbors, I wound up with a name for a guy that sells hay, and he we bought forty bales of hay from him. And we're running it's, through it. We're running through it, but it's <laughs> I can call them again. Uh, but it's cheaper than what we've been getting. So that's a system that we have now, a routine we have now that's better than it was. So we're getting there. And we don't have to fit, only fit four bales in the SUV. I can get six bales oh, of hay six. in our Honda CRV, <laughs> but then we end up with hay in there all the time forever. Everywhere. And I'm allergic to hay, so hey. So what are you not allergic to? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, the guy comes with a truck and unloads 40 bales and I don't have to ever put hay in the CRV ever again. We still need to clean it out. We need a detailer, so we'll have to figure that one out someday. You definitely want a truck. And if you can't get a truck, you need a trailer. In fact, you might need a trailer anyway. But we've gone into that on the podcast before as well. But we have to get a trailer hitch before we can get a trailer. It's a whole thing. Yeah. This summer... We're going to get that retaining wall turned into a hill. 
And it's important because our house is on top of the hill, and if it keeps yeah. eroding, our house could be in jeopardy. So it's important stuff. Yeah, and this is this is kind of funny that we should do a real estate episode just on this kind of thinking. Yeah. But we plan to be in this house forever. This is our forever home. So when we say this is a problem for us, we might be thinking 20 years from now. Yeah. You know, it could take decades for that that uh, retaining wall to become. Or the amount of rain we've been getting. I don't well, know. <laughs> yeah. But it could take a long time for that to be a threat to the actual house. Yeah. But we're thinking along those lines. We're not going to sell this place. So we're thinking about. You know, we're not, and, and plus, we're not the kind of people to stick a, a next owner with some problem. And that would be a pretty big problem. Yeah, it, we've inspected houses that <laughs> had stuff like that. But, but anyway, we're going to turn it into a hill and plant grass over it, and then it'll, it won't be a retaining wall anymore. I mean, it will, but it'll be buried under all that dirt. And, and that'll be safer for the duckies, too, who feel like they need to climb up it and go down it the same way and but they slip and fall and it's, that's why we have so many injured ducks so. we left out a detail there are actually stone <laughs> steps just flat large rocks that were yeah. put in a formation of steps so it's they're not kind of cool but they're just not in best condition yeah they weren't made by a, a proper stonemason so they were just kind of put in the ground so by the time we got here, they weren't level anymore. They were starting to sink in and settle. And so it was a little bit dangerous to walk up and down them, even though we did it and got used to it. But then when the goats came along, knocking little stones onto them and everything and knocking everything loose, mm-hmm. now they're they're not very safe. So we're going to bury all that stuff. Well, not the steps. No? Yeah. I think he's going to try to save those. Okay. Because I want them. They're a cool feature. Okay, so maybe we'll fix them up. Yeah, you're just going to take away the loose stones and just make it nicer and safer. Yeah, because if there's dirt on that hill, it won't have a thousand little rocks that the goats can kick. Yeah. And, yeah. Goats are... Troublemakers. They're a destructive force in some ways. (laughs) But uh, in the front, the front is a little bit overgrown. It's kind of hard to mow the way it is we i've got a picket fence to to remove most of the posts for that fence are really in there solid but a couple of them are not so i've got this weekend i'm going to replace about i don't know 30 40 feet of fence in the front Man. and that old messed up gate oh, such pain yeah that gate's a, a terrible pain but here's the trick we've we've talked about with the goat yoga where i bought the the panels for those metal dog kennels from Home Depot, not Home Depot, from Tractor Supply. I don't know why I keep... Oh. I've got the, the term Home Depot. It's your favorite store, so... It kind of is now, <laughs> which I never expected. <laughs> but Tractor Supply has these kennels and chicken enclosures, too. They're all the same brand, so it's just a matter of whether you've got a four-foot panel or a five-foot panel. And you can buy the doors, and you can buy the regular panels separately, and I did that for the goat yoga area, right? Well, we've still got, uh, we had bought a metal chicken enclosure a while back, and we disassembled it, and we're using the pieces for gates and things. It had a door as well, and we were using that for a, a little isolation section from when Brooklyn was recovering. 
and it's in a bad spot in the yard where it gets wet and muggy and everything, and we, we're not going to keep that little pen. So I'm going to rob T-posts from there, and I took the, the door panel from there. It's like a metal panel with a little metal door, and I'm just going to attach that in place of that gate. Yeah. And it's going to be fine. I don't have to build a gate. So I'm pretty much in love with those kennels and things now. Because wood's hard to maintain. If you're in the northeast, you got to deal with the rain, the winter. And it's just, if you don't upkeep it, like paint it every year. Because dry rot is a real thing and it will destroy all the things. Yeah, so. you got to really stay on top of it. It's a mess. And the previous owners didn't. So and it was, it was already bad when we bought the place, so don't blame us. Yeah, and, and <laughs> so we just want to remove it, but I'm going to keep some of the posts and remove others. And there's, there's more to do. There's always more to do. So when you're looking at a property, to, if you're going to do a farm, don't just think about how many acres it is. Think of the lay of the land. We didn't have a lot of options. It was during the initial onset of covid we managed to get this place while the interest rates were really low. If we had gone back on, if we'd not gotten this place and looked for another place after, the interest rates would have been much higher. I don't know if we would have been able to get a house. Uh, and the, there weren't very many options because everyone was buying at that time. We were one of the last regular people to get a good deal because right after we bought this house, everything went really crazy. Yeah. It was like the that pattern was just beginning, and we barely got through before it got nuts. And, and now, uh, like large corporations have bought up a bunch of single-family homes, and they're going to rent them out. Um, investors have bought up homes with cash, and are going to rent them out. So, if you're and the, in the interest rates are crazy, if you're a regular person, it's going to be really hard to get a house now. Yeah, they're all overpriced and not worth not worth it. Some people still think they're going to sell for crazy prices, and they know. But they're still way too high. They are. Like, the house across the street from us is less than a thousand square feet, one bathroom, and it's sold for, was it, 279 Something like that. That's it insane. I'm surprised it appraised that high, to be honest, because... It was a flip, and mm, I don't know. Just that's just way too high, I believe. It's an acre and a at one point seven five acres, and it, it 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 yeah. Again, one best one bathroom, not that many square feet, and they bought it for not far off of what we bought this place for. More than we bought this. Place. More than what we bought this for, yeah. and, and we've got like, <laughs> we got seven acres and two thousand square feet, so. Yeah. Yikes. So it's <laughs> their mortgage is more than what we're paying, which is crazy to think about. You have our sympathies if you're looking for a house right now. But <laughs> We've if been you there. if you manage to find a place, don't say, "Oh, it's got all this, but we can fix that." It's kind of like when a realtor says, "Oh, don't worry about that carpet. You can pull that right oh, up." We can just pull that carpet. Yeah. <laughs> you can pull no. that right up. No, you're not gonna. No. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to give a good yank and it's going to come right it up. It doesn't work that way, people. It's the same with trees and woods. You're not just going to clear land. It's a big deal to clear land. Yeah. And so you really should look at the land and think what is, like kind of have a plan for the next 10 years. And then people are like, oh, you should 
contact some loggers. They'll just take care of it for No, that's not true, people. It's just not true. That's like a a hot stock tip. You can buy this stock. It's like if you are telling me about it, then it's way too late to do it. So it's just bad advice always, right? And the whole thing with the loggers... They have to be specific trees, what they're looking for. They have to be a certain height, certain width. It's just... Yeah, they don't just come and help you out with your property. They're trying to help themselves out. And if you happen to, by luck, be on... uh, If if you've got a a property where that kind of stuff does exist, then good for you. You, It's a a win-win, right? The loggers come in... They take the trees they want, and you wanted to clear that land anyway. Everybody wins. But like Kara said, it's a specific circumstance, and yeah. it's likely that your property is a tree farm mm-hmm. if you have the kind of trees that are like that. Yeah. And we did get an estimate from – it wasn't a logger, but it was – I forget what they do. But to clear a good chunk of it, it was over ten grand. Who has ten grand to get rid of trees? We don't even have 2000 to shred something. And we have a tree that's taking over the house over here that we need to get trimmed back. So all our money is going to go to that this year, which is crazy. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Uh, like, trees are hard. You're... Trees are good, but not near a house. And it's just... Oh, yeah. You, you definitely... You don't want the root system going towards the house. I will say one benefit of the trees behind our house, even though they're, they're a bit close, they're below the shelf of land that the house is on. So their root systems are likely going under the house instead of into the foundation. We'd still like to get rid of them at some point because they're still a little too close. They're definitely there to hold that that shelf. They're like in the hill. They're part of the retaining wall. I'll take pictures and post them on Instagram if anyone's interested. But yeah, it's... It's quite a, a sight. That's why once we turn that into a hill, instead of a retaining wall, and just smooth it all out with dirt and stuff and grass, then the tree won't be as necessary. And we're going to leave all the rocks underneath. So the, the retaining wall back there will be encased in, in dirt. Um, but we'll see. It'll take a while for the grass to grow since we're fighting. At the wrong time of year. Chickens and ducks. It's not even consistently warm yet. Which brings me to the other thing we got to talk about. We Kara ordered her chickens and ducks late. Yeah, I ordered them beginning of May, thinking they'll be out of the house by June, like now, because it'll be nice and warm out, and they'll have enough time to get acclimated. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. Because the thing is, for you to put the birds out in cold weather, they have to have their feathers. Yeah. If it's warm enough, you can put them out before they have their feathers. Yeah, you do it a little bit at a time. Like you have them hang out for an hour or two outside and then bring them back in. And then this is after a couple of weeks, not We should go through the the process again from start to finish. You you get them from the – first, you're you're trying to do something and your wife tells you that the birds are at the post office. (laughs) Well – that's if you get the mail order, like a mail order bride. Well, no. <laughs> I don't think they go through that. I don't think they put those in, in the box. That, that would be... That would be funny, though. But. <laughs> well, well not, for, not for the person in the box. 
Well, they're they're air holes. <laughs> they do them for the chickies, so. So they they actually male birds, which like, is crazy to think about. But again, I would get local, but we need females. We don't want and, males. And she wanted specific ones and so. specific breeds, which you can't get local as well so it's the ones that she she talked about in previous podcasts they arrived they arrived. and you set up a little brooder um, brooder brooder a brooder yeah <laughs> so you set up a it was a stock tank and yeah for the chickies we did a a small stock tank a small short stock tank and then have the heat lamp and i do the Puppy pads under, and then a shelf liner on top, so their little feet don't get splay leg. Splay leg. The shelf liner is just that—that's for traction. It's yeah. just so their feet don't slip. Uh, and then after they poo on all that, and the ducks are in a similar situation. They yeah. after they make a mess of all that, you take the shelf liner out and hose throw it, it over a fence and hose it down, and use it again later. When they get old enough, you can just put them on the puppy pads and they're fine. Most of the time. Sometimes, last year it was a to-do. For some reason, the chickies kept pecking at the puppy pads and get, getting stuck on their feet. So I had to clean their feet, which they were big fans of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you got to... It all depends. Your mileage may vary. It depends on the chickens and Depen stuff. Yeah. They get bigger... Than you expect them to. They grow faster than you think they're going to. But then they stop for a few minutes, and it's like, why aren't you outside now? Well, they have spurts, but they get to that <laughs> adolescence phase. Yeah, our, our chickies are at their ugly and teenage state right now. We had to go get. Uh, we had a playpen that Aberdeen the puppy was in for a while, and we had to use that for the chickens because they were jumping out of the stock tank already. Yeah, and the last time, the previous chickens, I used screens over it, but it freaked them out so much. Trying to avoid that. I now. didn't want to do that with them because it was very traumatizing for them, for me. It was just, it was a lot, so. Yeah, and the ducks, she had a really cool idea this year. She bought a fold-up collapsible swimming pool. Like a PVC, a dog pool. I, I discovered it on... One of the duck forum Facebook pages, whatever. Yeah, not PVC like pipes. I mean, no, it's in the. It's made out of plastic that you can easily hose down or wash. It's, fold up and, and. Yeah. If we wanted to, if we had a level patch of ground, we could actually take that outside and it's it's like what eight inches high or. or uh, I don't know. Twelve inches high or something, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably twelve inches high, but you could make that into um, a swimming pool for the ducks and then. Put it away. Do it temporary if you wanted to. And it has but, little duckies on the sides, yeah. obviously. <laughs> and, of course, the ducks started out much smaller, yeah. and now they're taller than that. So but they, they can look out over and see everything. <laughs> so you end up with birds that are large enough to really make a mess in there. Oh, yeah. Like, now they're, they're eating, drinking the water like crazy. We've got the electrolytes and vitamins in the water. It, they're... they're just going through food and pooing a lot. You got to clean it up and they don't have their feathers yet. So you can't put them out in cold weather. They're and, starting like the chickens are, they're almost a month old. So they're getting there, but, but, but they're not cold weather proof. They're not cold weather. They're still tiny 
Um, you don't want to put baby chicks out with your, the rest of your flock because bad things could happen. So you gotta slowly integrate them. Like during the day, we have them in enclosure so the other animals can see them and get used to them and then eventually they'll go in the coop but they'll be in a safe space. I don't, we have a little crate type thing. We have a little, a little box that, it's kind of a really tiny chicken run. Yeah. That you'd put outside a coop if you had like one chicken or something. So they'll go in that. But it's at it's night. a screened box. We can put them in. They can see everything. They already see them, but nobody can peck them. Right, because you don't want your older birds to be angry. So now where they go now is we have a five by five chicken enclosure, and it's a cheapy one. It's light, um, and it's meant to. It's a lot of these things. When I say chicken enclosure, they have a little panel that you take out. And you slide that up next to a chicken coop. And when you pull the string and open the chicken door, they would run into the enclosure. And these chickens would not be free range. They'd just be in the run all the time. We don't like that idea of them. It's really small. Yeah. We, we like free range. And, but our, they're still fenced in. They're not like roaming the streets or anything. Yeah. They're still <laughs> on the property. And we put them up in the coop at night yeah. so that nothing gets them. But the... Putting the, the younger chickens in that enclosure gives them a five-by-five five area to run around in. It's got a roof so they can't fly out or jump out. So it's perfectly cool. And nothing can grab them. Nothing can grab them. Birds, you know, hawks and stuff, nobody can get them. Uh, the duckies we put out in this um, – we've got these metal uh, – they're like dog kennels. They're like dog enclosures. Yeah. That are, they, you fold them up. They're like three feet high and four feet high. And they, they're they meant for you to take a small dog to a park. They're not the best, but yeah. they are what we have. So. We basically put a couple of them together and uh, put them out just behind the house. And we put a couple like, was it uh, three gallon? Yeah. Uh, rubber tubs. rubber tubs. They can just hop in and out of. You can get those at Tractor Supply too. It's like the the ones with the handles on the side. They're just rubber tubs. And yeah, put a couple of those in there, and the ducks can bathe as much as they want, hang out, and it's like Kara said. Other animals can see them and interact with them a little bit, but can't they touch can them. See each other. Yeah. Everybody gets used to the way everybody smells. And more importantly than anything else, it gets those birds out of the house all day so they're not <laughs> pooping in their pens all day. Yeah. And then at night you bring them in because it's not consistently warm at night. So they would be too cold at night. So we can't leave them out all the time. And they're not ready to be integrated yet. They're too small. So this is really awful time where they're kind of too big to be inside and we don't want them inside. But they're not, they're not. ready to be outside. Yeah, and technically they should be off their heat lamps now. I mean, every day, well not every, every week you have them, you want to decrease the temperature by 5 degrees. You want to, especially chickens, you want to start off really warm, like 95, and then decrease it. Ducks are a little more hardier, depending on the breed, but it is like 50 degrees out today. That was our, the high today. And our house is 
cold because the heat's off because it's summer. <laughs> We're getting there, yeah. Supposedly. So So we turn the lights on. So today. we turn their heat lamps on because it's like fifty five in there. Well the dryer's going now, so it's probably a little warmer, but yeah. That's, so you end up with this uh, you end up with this awkward phase unless you time it just right. I thought I did. <laughs> well by all the math you could have done at the time. Because most people get their birds in April and then they'd be out by now. But yeah, if, if she had if she had ordered them at the time other people do, they would already have their feathers by now and they'd be out. Right. But then, well, but we would have guaranteed had to keep them in the house then longer longer until they had their feathers. And I thought at this point they would have been out in snow. I mean, the ducks still had another week or two anyway, but I would thought they'd be outside most of the day. And now that it's raining every single day, we can't just put them outside during it's just the day. It's too cold. It's, it's cold and rainy, and we can't put them outside during the day, so they're going to be inside. And... Stinking up the laundry room. Yeah. Good times. So this is the stuff that's going to happen when you get birds and keep them inside, unless you're lucky enough to have... Like a nice a, basement or a heated... Not a heated garage, but a... A nicer garage. Our garage is just storage space. It's not suited. It gets cold. It's not. And our basement is an old house basement. It's cold and damp, so no. <laughs> it just doesn't work. So the laundry room, we can at least close it off from the dogs because Aberdeen is still a puppy and she thinks the birdies are her toys. So. Yeah, she's especially interested in the baby chickens. Yeah. But she's gotten <laughs> out back a couple of times and she's chased everybody, but she... She, it's like she'll run after the chickens, and we're thinking, oh, my God, what's – oh, my God, no, no. Is she part – she's part beagle, so is she – she got a hunting instinct. What's going on? And she'll catch up with the chickens, run through the crowd of chickens, and then run out the front because she's just running. Well, the problem is, is the chickens are, like, terrified and running, so Aberdeen thinks, oh, it's a game of chase. Right. I'll chase you. So it turns out to be this cycle of stuff. So. And she stresses all the ducks out. But yeah. but it's like for a moment I was worried she would attack one of them. But then when she ran through a crowd and ran out the front, I was like, okay, this is just a foot race to her. Uh, but everybody else is having life-changing trauma. I mean, the chickens are bigger <laughs> than her, so I wouldn't think she would grab one of them. But the baby chicks are another story, I yeah, Although was, she has jumped into the oh god the the duck enclosure we have in the laundry room, so she's been covered in duck poo. The ducks have been traumatized by her multiple times. Yes. she got past Kara more than once and immediately jumps into the she duck poo. She's fast. That's why she has a flash collar. Yeah, we're starting to nickname her the Flash. <laughs> she is a fast little one. So um, yeah. Poor duckies. <laughs> and she's got the pug skill. Dublin used to do this all the time. When you open a door, she sneaks between your feet and she gets past you. So you have to be <laughs> vigilant with her. Eventually, when she calms down, has a little bit less of an energy surplus, I think she'll be all right. And I'm starting to train her. It's been hard with the temperatures and working to train her. I bring her out on a leash and give her commands around the birds, but... It's hard. Yeah, so the, the birds and are going to have... And she's still really young, technically. 
That's what my mom keeps telling me anyway. Yeah, she says that they don't do obedience training until six months. Six months, yeah. and she's like barely months. six months. No, she'll be six months this month. Oh, okay. I think the ninth. So the, the birds are basically going to have a very controlled integration yes. uh, into you, everyone else. You always want to be careful. And another thing you got to think about is our, our outside fence, all of our fencing, mm. is, a, is a two inch by four inch grid. Right now, the birds are small enough to just walk through that. Yeah. Well, maybe not the, not the ducks, ducks. The chickens, for sure, because we yeah. had a couple of previously chickies. We didn't even think about it, and then they just walked through. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> that's bad. So. Yeah, in the past, that's <laughs> happened, and we rounded them up. So now yeah. we're like, we're like oh, you need to be okay. big enough that you cannot get through this fence. Yeah. And the the dog, uh, little dog enclosure that we bought has a pretty thin <laughs> grid. It's not two by four. It's much skinnier. And the chickens got out of one of those. Uh, I don't think they can do it now. They've grown a little bit. They're growing pretty like fast. One inch or something. But yeah, uh, but they could they squeeze through. One of them squeezed through. This was a couple a week or two ago though. This was, was probably last. This past week, because they only just started going out. Because it was like 89 a week degrees. Ago? Like this past Time week. is just... Yeah. Time is relative. <laughs> but the, the the main issue we got now is it's just a bad time of year, and we don't have consistent weather. So if you live in a place with warmer, consistent weather, you'll be able to choose a lot more with yeah. regard to, to your birds. And when you put them out, if you've got a heated garage... If you've got, it just depends on what you got. Yeah. Up here in Maine, most people don't have that stuff. Uh, you get out in the middle of the state. Although there, who is it? There was some TikTok lady I follow in New Hampshire, and she got like a, a goose and a couple of ducks, and she put them in their kitchen. And I'm like, ew, no, no, ew. Yeah, I've seen TikToks <laughs> of a duck just running through someone's house, and it's cute. But every time I see those videos, I just imagine, you know, I just imagine the duck just Ducks doing pool. something really cute and then just splattering the floor. Although just we, splat. When we had Bray Bray, he was born in winter and was a house duck for like six months. So yeah, he was running around for a while. I tried a diaper. It No, it did not work on him. So I just followed him around and... He couldn't really run around too much in the house because we have Dublin. And at the time, he could see a little better. Now he doesn't. Like, he goes out in the front with the ducks and doesn't really notice them. But he will he loves their poo, so. His nose still works really well. <laughs> and he's still a gross dog. Yeah. So. <laughs> but. At 17. At 17. It's just crazy. He can still see. It's just, it's not good. Not good. He can see generally what's going on if he's got good light. Uh, but he's but it's definitely bad enough that we don't move the furniture anymore. No. Although it, we did just get him a ramp for the outside step. Yeah, like a wheelchair thing. ramp. Yeah. So, so now I he can... He's got arthritis, so he was having trouble with the little steps. So Yeah, there's only like two steps. Because I had made one from... Bricks. Well, not bricks. What are they? Cinder blocks. Cinder blocks. And 
So I saw this ramp, I thought it'd be faster and cheaper than trying to find a contractor to make something or to even get back to me. So I found this ramp thing. It's taking him a little bit of time to get used to it. He's not sure of his footing going down and Casla is afraid of it, but we'll get there. Yeah, it's a different shape. <laughs> it's terrifying. Oh my god. Vinny <laughs> jumped over it the first time. <laughs> she's a 10-year-old puggle, so that was funny to see. And she's we we may have to reduce her food even more. She's <laughs> gained so much weight. She's she's the egg detective. Yeah. And when she goes out back, she finds out where the ducks have dropped their eggs. And then she eats them. Yeah. So she eats a lot of eggs. <laughs> she's she's probably more beagle than pug, so beagles have a hard time keeping their weight off if you don't control it. And, and we had it controlled for a long time until <laughs> until Finney lived in a place where birds just randomly drop <laughs> eggs on the ground somewhere. Like the chickens at least use the nesting boxes. Yeah. The ducks just... Wherever. Wherever, yeah. This works. We do find them in their house in the morning, but we all, they're also around. Um, I think I think we touched on it, but I don't think I ever got to it. The, the, what we're doing in the front when I replace this fence and stuff, we're going to let the goats up there finally. Yeah, I was and unsure about it because there's some toxic stuff, but... There's plants that may not be good for them in large amounts, but we're not totally sure if those are the plants. They're or... probably going to avoid them because normally they will anyway. So I'm They kind of know what's good for them. Keep an eye on them. They, they'll be supervised out front because if Dublin goes out there, which he goes out frequently because he's an older dog. So yeah, that's not going to be a permanent They place. won't be out there all the time. It's just because I can't mow anymore it hurts too much and it'll just help the electric mower when you are dragging it around um, there's some tension in the wheels pulling it back pulling it back and meandering with it and no electric mower is a lot easier than a gasoline would be because there'd be a lot more vibration in a gasoline engine but it's gotten a point where even the push mower, electric push mower is a no-go. So I was using the the manual. The, the, like the old-timey one old from time. the cartoons. <laughs> it doesn't work very well. The grass grows too fast because there's ducks. There's ducks fertilizing all of it. Marinating all of it. All the time. So it, it, she's like, I, like, I Man, just we, mowed it. When are we, gonna, we need to mow this. She's like, I just mowed it. Like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So. But we let the goats out there, and then we don't—they don't, don't go through the hay as fast, and they'll—they'll they'll mm. take it all down. And some of the bushes we don't like, they'll take the leaves off of it, and then the bush will finally die. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I haven't gotten to, but ugh, it's just a mess. There's always so much to do, and there's just never time. There's just never time. We have a landscaping crew. We're going to use them. Yeah, might as well, right? Paying yeah. for them. <laughs> and we'll just we'll just open the gate that separates the front and the back, let them through, do their thing. And then after a while, we just put them back into the back. And every once in a while, when we need it, need it mowed and taken care of, we just bring the goats up front. Yeah. And it's good to rotate your goats anyway. It helps with parasites. So Rotate your goat. Rotate your goats. <laughs> Pick them up, turn them around. <laughs> 
Turn them over. The parasites get dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you introduce them to new pastures every once in a while, that helps reduce the parasite buildup, I guess. I don't know what they call it. Yeah, goats have dormant parasites like all the time. Yeah. It's it's you, you don't get your goat parasite free. No, they'll does. always they they're always in their bellies, but to keep them down, you rotate their pasture, you make sure they have clean housings, clean house, whatever. And every once in a while like we'll do a a test, we'll get a fecal, a fecal test. Which they're kind of due for now, but Yeah, we'll collect some of their poo, preferably fresh, <laughs> take it to the vet. And that's a job. And yeah. And, and of course, make a dad joke uh, about poo and because the people at the vet clinic have never heard any dad jokes about poo ever before. <laughs> right. They, the, the, the assumption is you can just grab a sample because if one of them's got it, all of them have it. Yeah. So then you treat all of them at once. Yeah, and it's a stuff called safeguard, typically. Yeah, it depends on what like, they got, but usually it'll be, I forget the name of the parasite, but... Coccidia? Coccidia. Coccidia. I think that's the one. Like, if it's too high, they'll always have a small amount, but if it's too high, then you need to treat. Yeah, if, if, if the amount's low enough, they don't notice it, it doesn't affect them, yeah. and they just go about their normal lives. If, they, if it starts to get too high, they end up, their poo gets clumpy... Yeah, and it can cause severe issues down the road. So you want to treat it right away. You want to look for the signs and then do the tests regularly, and then. And because just we treat have them. the new babies, we gotta do one pretty shortly. Yeah, and the fun thing is with the safeguard, every single goat, which, you know, like when your wife tells you it's not that big a deal, we already have this many. What's a couple more? <laughs> it's chicken um, math. Every it's chicken math. <laughs> it works goats. for every animal. It every <laughs> single goat you have to go up to them and stick a hypodermic, like a not not a syringe, but it's like the no, it's a syringe, not a needle. Oh yeah, a syringe, but not a needle. So yeah. it's basically the, the it's liquid you squirt in their mouths. Yeah, it's like think of like a, a a syringe, but with no needle, and you're just using it to squirt. So yeah. you you open up the goat's mouth, squirt it in there. Some of them are really good about it. Some of them, not so much. Now, they sell this uh, contraption in the farm stores. with a, It's like a curved metal thing. And what you do is you just hook that into their mouth and <laughs> squirt it in that way. But it kind of looks like a torture device. It does. But, but it's basically you stick it in their mouth and squirt it. But it's so big... That it's for like normal full size goats. Yeah, we have we have miniature goats, <laughs> bigger than their mouths. So only, they're kind of like no. <laughs> there's only a, a handful of goats we have that this thing would even kind of fit on, and even then it's kind of like they're what like, are you doing? No man. And some of them, it it's like it's as big as their face. <laughs> so, <laughs> like Guinness Magners. Yeah, I think Lucan. it's meant for either full size goats or cattle. Yeah, probably cattle. <laughs> if you walked up to a cow with this thing, it would be perfect. Yeah. You just hook it in their mouth, and you're all done, right? No wrestling, no fighting. But the, but the goats are like, what the hell are you doing, man? And it's just no. a problem. So you, you definitely want to 
do as many preventatives as you can, as many lifestyle things that you can do to prevent. The- but you don't want to do like it unless they need it because for goats, if you deworm them every month, then the worms will fight back and get worse. They get resistant to it. It gets weird because dogs, you do the heart guard stuff every month, but they don't have that for goats. So you have to, it's just, it's just weird. I don't well, understand why they just, wouldn't come up with something. I don't know. It's just because it's probably a tough problem. It's well, just, it's like antibiotics. Livestock and they don't want to deal with them. Cause well, yeah, they don't think of them as pets the same way they do for dogs or cats. So livestock do get different medical attention. Than yeah. dogs and cats. It's not as attentive, which is sad. But Right. It's a lower facts. level of, of care. There's typically a lot of livestock, whereas you may have a, a one or two dogs or a bunch of dogs, but, but you're not going to have like a herd of dogs. You, you might well, have a... <laughs> we may. We may, but <laughs> a farmer might have a hundred goats. So yeah. it, it's... Livestock is... Me, livestock medicine is designed... Around large numbers of animals over a large area. They do like quick and easy, not preventative and careful. And a lot of stuff is, well, preventative in the sense that rotating their pastures and other stuff. So. Well, yeah, that stuff you can do. But you end up doing a lot of stuff yourself. The, the vet will teach you how to do your own vaccinations when you stick them with a needle yourself. Yeah, which is crazy because they don't have time to come each time you need to do a vaccine because ours are due for the CDT. So the CDT is like, I forget what it stands for, but it's for tetanus and overeating syndrome, whatever the CD stands for, I forget. So you want to do that every year, and they have to have a booster like three weeks after you give the initial shot. So you have to do that every year, and ours are... Initial guys are due this month. But it doesn't matter how many goats you have. You can always get more goats. It's not going to be more difficult to give uh, shots to goats when you have a lot more goats than if you have just a a few goats. (laughs) Nope. If you get good at it, then it's like boom, boom, boom. Dun, dun, dun. And I am starting to get better at it because we have a lot of goats. We have like 18 now? Yes. But I'm afraid. 18. Of, I'm a, 18 goats. I'm afraid of needles, so I can't do it. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> so it, it's just a, like tomorrow, I've got to trim hooves, and I don't remember who I got and who I didn't get. So we've got to put a well, whiteboard. Wicklow and Arklow. That, yeah, we'll figure it out. There's there's a handful of them that I haven't gotten that I need to get. But. We have a whiteboard in the goat house, and we need to keep it up to use it. Basically, you write all the goats' names down, and when you do their hooves, you just put a. At first, I thought I was going to do every like date of when I trim their hooves, but it's just it's too much. Just while you're trimming, you just put a hash mark next to their name, and you know you've done that recently, and you just keep going until you've done them all, and then you wipe it all clean. And then the next time you, it's time and somebody's got a hoof that's overgrown, you, you go, okay, let's do it again. And you go through the list again. Yeah. Uh, but you need to, it, it, it depends. Some of them will let you do it. Some of them are really cool about it. Some of them are, you got to put them in the milking stand and distract them with food. 
It, it's just they got personalities. So Again, it's something. Some of them are small enough you just pick them up and do it. Some of them are larger. I wish so. I could do. They do not make trimmers for left-handers, and I can't use my right hand to do it. So if anyone wants to make a left-handed hoof trimmer or left-handed garden trimmer, I'm all about it. I'd buy it. They have left-handed screwdrivers. Really? No. <laughs> and those left-handed scissors suck. So let's get better on that one. And yeah. But you know we're probably going to cut this whole section because we're over an hour now. Well, we shouldn't because it's important. But we should go. All right. Bye. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>